Due to COVID-19, this podcast was recorded remotely and may contain adult language and themes. Hello and welcome to TV DNA, our Oscars reaction episode. My name is Adam and neither of them are going to be called up by the producers of G.I. Jane 2. It's Damien Cooper and Neil Shepek. Hi, what are you guys wearing? My outfit tonight is a little uh, number that's been knocked together for me by Primark. And yeah, how about you guys? I feel like I have the face of a freshly smacked rock. (laughs) Well, we're on Zoom and I've got a cable knit jumper on, but I've got no trousers or pants on. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, listeners, Adam's just stood up. We, we, We can confirm that that is the case. Okay, so we're going to talk about the major talking points from the Oscars ceremony. We're going to talk about our predictions and and whether we were right or wrong. And we're going to talk about all of the the films or some of the films that that were Oscar nominated. So we're going to start with the best director winner, which was Jane Campion for The Power of the Dog, correctly predicted by both Damien and Neil. Yeah, I think that was a shoe in. I think actually possibly rightly deserved... As far as a director telling the story, bringing in all the other elements, the visuals, music, performances, script, etc. Yeah, I thought that was very welcome. And obviously there's been previous years where there haven't been many female directors even nominated. Yeah, I I agree. Although she, I was the only one who didn't predict that she would win. I think it was definitely justified. And surprisingly, only the third female director to win this award in the history of the Oscars. But the second in a row. So maybe the things are, are are changing. Yeah, I mean, I said it before, I didn't like this film at all, but it just felt like exactly the kind of thing the Academy would pick. There's nothing they love more than some historical Americana. But then, you know, as much as I didn't enjoy some of the performances and, and the scripts and the narrative, so many other elements of the film are very good. So I didn't say that I believe when we were talking about the nominations, I looked at it from a purely narrative and performative point of view. But I think, yes, there's a lot of the technical things were, were very good. And in terms of some of the cinematography too, that's all I'd add. Yeah, it was stunning, absolutely stunning to look at as a film, I thought. And I agree with a lot of what Damien said. Did either of you see a dog in that in that geography or dography, if you will? I didn't see it myself. Oh, you you need to remember your lessons at school about metaphors, Demo. I saw a metaphorical dog. Right. I see. I, I wasn't sure if it was like one of those magic eye situations. It was the film that had the most nominations, but only picked up the one award. This was the only award that Paradog actually won in the end. I wonder whether there is a, we're going to talk about this a little bit later, but whether there is a Netflix bias. I mean, their big film last year was Mank, which we all roundly hated, but they, they've not picked up huge numbers of awards for their shows so far, Netflix. Yeah, I think that's something that's going to change, though, because you're kind of looking up, like you said, the makeup of the people who vote in the Academy. I believe it was Scorsese was very damning about Netflix in particular, but I'm assuming it can then be kind of extrapolated to the other streaming services that films should be seen on big screens. 
And by that, I don't mean your 50-inch TV at home, an actual cinema screen. So I wonder if, like you're saying, it's a case of the old guard are still holding firm, but it's inevitable that these things will change because Netflix, Amazon Prime, Disney, Apple, they have more money than these studios and they're more willing to make risky I mean, I'd put that in inverted commas, air quotes, risky choices with regards to films. Let's move on to Best Supporting Actor, which was won by Troy Kotzer for Coda, correctly predicted by myself and Damien. I just think this was a thoroughly deserved win. I don't think anyone could begrudge Troy Kotzer for, for this award. He dedicated his win to the deaf and disabled communities and said, this is our time. Yeah, I, 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 again, yeah, very, very well deserving. And also, well, I was going to say brave casting. Actually, it, it wasn't brave. It was really smart casting. And hopefully we will see more performances by I mean we're all massive Breaking Bad fans and obviously they cast someone with disability to play a character with disability and that I really do think that that should happen and also actors with disability or actresses the you know the non-gender term you know performers who have that seem to be getting more opportunities now to develop their craft and their skills And I think that's a really good thing. Absolutely. And what I would also say is that's two years in a row, someone who is deaf has been nominated for Best Supporting Actor, because obviously Paul Ratchie was nominated for Sound of Metal, who I also thought was fucking amazing in that film. And I felt like he was, I mean, what are you going to do? Lakeith Stanfield and Daniel Clear were both so good in Judas and the Black Messiah. It was unfortunate. I guess my main thing is, as soon as I saw that film, I thought, God, I really hope it wins best film. And I think he's just so good in it. Now, when we were talking about this, Adam and I had seen it. Neil, I believe you've had a chance to see Coda now. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I mean, we haven't got to Best Picture yet, but it's no secret it won that as well. Again, hugely deserving. Um, we'll come to that. I'm assuming Adam will save me that till last. But yeah, no, Troy, hugely deserved. I, mean, I was really excited to watch an actor, well, kind of at the start of their career. And I'm, I'm really hoping that we'll see him in more roles and hopefully roles that aren't focused around his disability. Yeah, I think we, we are definitely moving away from that era where would Daniel Day-Lewis perform in My Left Foot again if it was made right now? I'm not, I'm not so sure that he would. But let's move on to Best Supporting Actress. I, I will say, just before we do that, that Damien currently has, is two for two on predictions. And, you know, if you count last year's, has, has never got a prediction wrong. So... We're on to Best Supporting Actress, uh, which was won by Ariana DeBose. Ariana was the first Afro-Latina and first openly gay actor of colour to win an acting Oscar. This was correctly predicted by myself and Damien, although I've got to say, I think Damien just copied me because he hadn't seen (laughs) any films that the Best Supporting Actress nominees were in. Well, there's, there's a lot of ground being broken this year, and I don't think any of it is undeserved. To be honest, they're, they're happy years where I felt like the academy have been like kind of slightly ticking boxes. 
either in their wins or certainly in their nominations. Whereas I kind of feel like this year, people who wouldn't get the opportunity in the past now are, and they're also living up to their right to win. I have to say, I absolutely agree with you, Neil. I think all of the wins for pretty much all of the categories were fully deserved this year. And I think it's a good indication that the industry is moving in the right direction. Yeah, and I think that's partly to do with what we were saying previously about Netflix and other streaming services being willing to make choices that are out there. I mean, God, I mean, we can run a list of forever, right? Squid Games. Would Squid Games, I mean, Squid Games obviously wouldn't be a film. Would that be what it is without Netflix? No. Top Boy was consigned to the bin after two series on Channel 4. Then Netflix, you know, says, right, well, we'll do it. And it's huge. And then the second Netflix series dropped earlier this month. It's amazing. And and I think that's what it is, right? Because they need so much content. We have this opportunity to tell stories that movie studios just will not make because it's too risky for them, even though it's way more interesting. However, and this is the cynical side of me, let's just be aware that these streaming providers want to make money and they're seeing a cash cow. So whilst we're lauding them for choices they've made, let's not think that they're doing this purely because they think it's the right thing to do. They're doing it because it makes them money. Absolutely. But I think just because of the way certainly Netflix's business model works, it's about content. Content is king. And so how do you do that? Well, you have to have all sorts of things for all sorts of people. And the money that they have means that they can go, oh, how much is it to do this seven part series about a woman who can, a Finnish woman who can speak to polar bears? We've got the money. Have we got a good actor? Have we got a good director? Is the script rights good? Let's just go for it. Because it could be a huge hit. And then maybe we're looking at another series or... It's not, but it's fine. I'm, I'm being you, Damo, the, the cynical, miserable one who, <laughs> who, who puts forward the kind of dark side. I'm not saying this is necessarily a bad thing. What I'm saying is, is while it makes them money, they will absolutely do this. Soon as it stops making them money, I think they will change their tactic. I'm not so sure. Don't underestimate the power of the algorithm in that, they are creating a lot of content and they can gear and target that content to their viewers that they know will enjoy that content. A movie studio doesn't really have the opportunity to do in the same sort of way. So they have the technology on the side to cater to a niche audience, which a movie, a movie studio really doesn't have the ability to do, to cater for that niche audience, which means they can take bigger risks and they can do different things. But I will also say that the, those streaming platforms were the early adopters of the more principled ways of casting and all of that sort of stuff that we've, we've kind of been talking about. But therefore, we also need to remember that it's what we watch that determines what they make. So it is down to us to keep watching and supporting diverse and exciting and interesting and innovative work because otherwise they will just play to what we actually watch. 
it's it, the power's in our hands. And that also means no hate watching of Emily in Paris, because when they <laughs> see how many people have watched it, they go, yeah, it's worth putting another series. So don't do that shit. All right. Watch good stuff. Don't watch things because it's shit. Watch stuff that's good. Okay, we've got off on a tangent. I'm going to pull us, I'm going to rein us back in. Before we move on to Best Actress, this is now three for three for Damien in predictions, although I think he fluked that last one. So Best <laughs> Actress was won by Jessica Chastain for The Eyes of Tammy Faye. This film also won Best Hair and Makeup, so double the number of Oscar wins than The Power of Dog managed. And again, predicted correctly by myself and Damien. I hadn't watched it before the Oscars, and it's still one I haven't been able to watch. I, I, I feel like I'm really letting myself down because I've managed to watch all of these category films for nearly 10 years now. This year, I've just been too busy. Damo, did you see it? No, I haven't seen it. So as I said at the time, I had to go for my favourite actor out of that bunch. Or just copy Adam. I don't. I think I gave that before Adam. I believe. But what I will also say, which is a slight tangent, so apologies. This year at the Oscars, some categories were not televised, which is not okay. But what's interesting is, whilst lots of people were working the red carpet, Jessica Chastain was inside the theatre from the beginning. So she was in the audience when those awards that weren't being televised were given out. She forewent the red carpet and all that pageantry to make sure she was there to support the industry that she's in. So I have to say fair play to that. I certainly docked my cap to that. I think she's great in the eyes of Tammy Faye. Is it one of the best films of the year? No, you know, it wasn't in those top 10 films, but her performance in it is really, really strong. Andrew Garfield in it is also really good. And she plays this character with such heart and honesty that I think it was very well-deserved win. I think she gave a great speech as well, chuffed for Jessica Chastain. I think it's her third nomination and first win. Well done, Jess. So our next category was Best Actor, and we all predicted Will Smith. And Will Smith won it, and nothing else happened. <laughs> I was going to say, if anything, Will Smith's evening was very predictable, wasn't it? <laughs> well, I mean, come on, now surely has to be the time for us to address... Actually, I don't really want the incident to get a huge amount of attention for a couple of reasons. But the fact that it's overshadowed what otherwise is a very well-deserved and diverse and I think a very wrong Academy ceremony. I've heard all the various rumours about that it was set up and that he didn't actually hit him it was actually a slight smack and then they put in a sound effect for punch and my god there's so much going on in the world right now well let's just start off by saying that the oscar win was thoroughly deserved we all predicted that he would yes. win it his performance in king richard is incredible and he, he definitely deserved to win the oscar again his first oscar win and also within this kind of whole circus of media, 
There's talk about the academy potentially taking that away from him. And however he behaved on the night, whether that was real, whether that wasn't real, and um, whether his apology afterwards about him not agreeing that violence is, a, is, is an answer to anything, whatever happened, the work that he did to create that performance, as far as I'm concerned, he needs to keep the award. No question of, of that at all in my mind. Because you have to go back throughout the whole of Oscar's history and remove rewards for people who have been found guilty of far worse than what Will Smith did on that night. You know, we're talking about Predators and all sorts of different people who've won Academy Awards in the past. And if you're going to go back and remove all of those awards, I don't know where you where you start and finish with all of that stuff, to be honest. So I think that, that kind of talk is pretty ludicrous i think when it comes to discussing who was right or wrong in that instance you kind of end up between a rock and a slap face nice but no joking aside my view is that obviously the comment was unnecessary but the attack was certainly far more unnecessary and i think is more to do with the history of Will and Jada's relationship under that spotlight manifested by it being a big night for him. So I I think that's kind of where we're looking at that. I don't think his award should be taken away from him, but I do think there has to be serious questions as to whether the Academy has him back. And I'm not saying it should be an indefinite ban, but there has to be some kind of recompense for the violence. I mean, it was violence. Although it wasn't grievous bodily harm, it still was an act of violence. In public, in front of millions of people live, billions afterwards, something has to happen. And if that means that he's not invited back or he no longer is a part of the academy or his academy privileges or whatever are suspended... I think there has to be something because the apology to Chris came much later. He didn't apologise in the moment to Chris. He apologised to his fellow nominees and to the Academy. So I think there is something to to look at there. It's For me, it wasn't surprising that the mask slipped because there are many stories about how Will is not necessarily the easiest person to work with, including some about the Fresh Prince. So the original actress who played Vivian Banks has been saying for a long time that Will was difficult to be on set with and, and he had her replaced because she had her own opinion that differed from his. Now, obviously... It is a case of he said, she said there, but it's not the first or the last time probably that we'll hear similar stories about Will. I say that as a big fan of Will, both as an actor and as a musician. And I know that's not necessarily something that people are willing to admit, particularly people who listen to hip hop like me, that someone as cheesy and poppy as Will Smith is an acceptable rapper to like. But I, I I still think that he's he's put out some banging tunes in his time. I, I think the thing to remember is Will Smith, like with you, Damo, is a huge role model to people, and particularly to young people and to young black people. And what he did 
wasn't the act of a positive role model. But I feel personally that it should come from him, not from the academy. I don't think the academy should be the ones to to pass judgment. I think he needs to do more than the apologies he's already made to get himself back to that. Because, you know, his his action, however, whether it was genuine that he was really hurt and he was defending his wife, and, yeah, there's all sorts of stories about previous relationships between Will, Chris and Jada. But he should not. Well, he did it. He did it. OK, that, 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 that can't be changed. But for someone who's looked up to by so many people and so many people that are having difficulties in achieving their life goals or their dreams, he needs to do something to rectify that. I agree, but I also do think the Academy should be doing something. They have a duty of caring in that for me. It was their award ceremony. It happened on their watch and nothing was done, really. I mean, there was no security there. I know, like you mentioned before, it did look strange. Is it because of the angle? Is it because of what Will did? Was Will going to clock him and then in the last minute decided he was going to slap him instead? I don't know. But the Academy definitely needs to do something as well, because, as I said, it happened on their watch and they weren't on top of it enough. I do wonder if the swearing had happened before the action, whether people would have been more keyed into doing something about it. I do think there is a lot of pressure in awards season. And, you know, you mentioned earlier that there was pressure in, in the media view of his relationship. And also, I think, an, a unique pressure in performing that role in that film. But TV DNA does not condone violence in any way, shape or form. Definitely a wrong thing to do. But I, I do have some sympathies with Will Smith and I hope that his career isn't too badly damaged by what was clearly a, a rush of blood to the head. It was a bad choice. What I do want to mention is who was there, the elder statesman that this industry needs, Denzel. Denzel went over and spoke to Will. He tried to sort stuff out. He is the man we don't deserve in the industry, but I'm so glad we have him. Obviously, I was sad not to see him win for Macbeth, but Will was definitely better. I hope that maybe Denzel does some more films. Please, Denz, we want you back working regularly. Shall we move on then to the final one that we predicted again? Demo, you're five for five. Clean sweep, you're five for five. So the best film was won by Coda and made history in that it was the first film to win the Best Picture Award from a streaming platform. We've already mentioned that they won Best Supporting Actor. It also picked up Best Adapted Screenplay. So won all three of the awards that it was nominated for. Who went for what in that category, Adam? Because I'm currently... On uh, 11 out of 11, if we include last year's score. You got five out of five so far, but for this award, you predicted King Richard and Neil predicted Power of the Dog and I predicted Coda. So we both, Damo, predicted five out of six correct for uh, this, which I'm quite frankly amazed at because I thought that half of my predictions wouldn't come through. Coda was the film out of all of the ones that I watched that I enjoyed the most. So I was chuffed to bits that it won the award. What did you think, Neil, having watched it? 
very deserving. I thought it was kind of reminding me of when Roma won and other films that were kind of the underdog. And as British men, we all love the underdog. I honestly didn't think it would. And my predictions were made before I watched it. But I, I, I thought it was, it was an amazing film. And I was really glad that the Academy recognised how amazing it was. Yeah, I echo that. So I can't remember how much of this I said in our preview episode, but I hoped that Coda would win, but I wasn't convinced. Uh, And then I I said that I went for King Richard because Neil had gone for Power of the Dog, which I thought would take it. So just to make it interesting, I went for King Richard. So obviously I am sad to have lost my perfect score, but I'm far happier that Coda won because for me... Hands down, the best of those films. As I said, I enjoyed Belfast and King Richard, obviously. But yeah, for me, it was Coda. I recommended the film to a friend who wasn't very well a couple of days ago. And they said it was the perfect film to watch when feeling unwell. And I think it's just the film that we needed in this time. And I think that's perhaps one of the reasons why it's won the award is that it's just a, a perfect tonic for our times. Um, but yeah, really brilliantly made. And I will, I am going to watch it again. What's interesting about Coda, I can't remember if we covered this previously, but the actor that plays Ruby Rossi is Amelia Jones, who is the daughter of Alid Jones, who, for those who might not know, is a very famous Welsh singer. And, well, I mean, he was a choir boy, wasn't he? That was, he was most famous for singing We're Walking in the Air from the Snowman way back when. So I thought that was quite quite a fun little fact. And also, Marley Maitland, who plays her mum, Jackie Rossi, of West Wing alumni, always brilliant. I owned the seven-inch record of Walking in the Air by Alan Jones. So, um, yeah, I was particularly pleased to find out this little bit of trivia. Closest you got your hands on seven inches, Adam. I don't think she's in the West Wing, mate. Is she? She's definitely in in the West Wing. She works. She's a pollster. I know the character you mean. I know exactly the character you mean. I'm sure that's. I'm sure that's her. Is it Jamie or something like that? She's got a gender neutral name, and that is the initial gag. I'm almost certain that she's in the West Wing. Yeah, you're totally right. You are right. What's that? Joey Lucas. Joey Lucas. I was convinced when I watched the film that it was her, and then I, I went online to check, and I got on her Wikipedia page. I, can't, like, I was scanned through her Wikipedia page, and I'm doing the same now, and I can't see the West Wing coming up anywhere. So I was like, oh, it must be somebody different. Anyway. What? Wikipedia wasn't correct about something? Shock. Horror. Right, let's talk about the other awards that were given out on the night of the Oscars. My looky-likey, Kenny Branagh picked up his first Oscar win. Can you believe this? He's been nominated in eight categories. This is the first time that he's won. He won Best Original Screenplay for Belfast. Yeah, I thought that was very well-deserved. A story that was very personal to him. I mean, it was basically autobiographical. I was really happy when I found that out. Sure, it's grand. (laughs) Now we're moving on to ones that we weren't predicting. I also loved the fact that Reese Ahmed got an Oscar for Best Live Action Short for The Long Goodbye. As I was very clear last year, I really wanted him to win for Sound of Metal. But hey, hey, I mean, he's got a lot of 
talents to his bows. So, um, yeah, I was really happy about that. Ditto. Has anyone seen it, the short film? I haven't yet. No, it's on my list. I've been a big fan of Riz Ahmed from day, bruv. I think he's brilliant in Four Lions. Yeah. I really enjoyed him in... Um, is it what's his name? I'm gonna to have to quickly Google this. He was in a film quite early on called Shifty with is it Daniel Mays? Oh, it could be. When was that? 2008 film. Yeah, him and Daniel Mays, along with Jason Fleming, Plan B's in it, a whole load of actors you might recognise, and so good. He's just such a phenomenal actor, is and it's a shame he had to go across the pond to get the work like so many other great actors who aren't white who have to go across the pond to get more interesting work. But like Daniel, like Idris, like all those great ambassadors for UK talent, it's fantastic to see him getting his flowers. I completely endorse that. And what's amazing about Riz is that it's not just performances he gives on screen, it's what he does to support talent outside of his own, you know, film performances. And also the the work he does, you know, I mean, he's he's spoken in the House of Parliament about diversity. I mean, he's I just think he's an amazing human being. So I'm very, very happy that he's got an Oscar and I cannot wait until he's got the opportunity to either win one for his directing or his acting or both. I'm, I'm sure at some point with the right projects, he will get those. I will join your Reese or Riz Ahmed fan club. Uh, I had an interview with him, actually, and he he identifies as living in the UK. So although he's crossed the pond for work, he still very much thinks and actually probably spends the majority of the year in the States. He very much still feels like he lives in the UK. And, you know, if he ever is on the Isle of Dogs or in or around East London and wants to pop down to the space, then we'll, we'll welcome him with open arms. I want to talk about June. So June won six awards for what is essentially half a film, really. I mean, there was talk of, of June boys in the best film category, and there was talk about, well, maybe they'll win it next year. But I do feel like, unlike the Lord of the Rings trilogy, which were all pretty much standalone films in their own right, June does feel like a film of two halves. Uh, thoroughly, for me, deserving of all of the technical awards, because I thought it was really beautiful, it sounded great. The score was great. All of that sort of stuff. So I think it, it picked up the right awards. But incredibly impressive to pick up six awards for half a film. Yeah, I'm very much looking forward to its sequel, July. Listeners, Neil rolled his eyes so hard. Yeah. They could make it a trilogy and have August. Any thoughts? <laughs> Just wake me up when you're talking sense again. Oh, God, if you wait in a while. <laughs> we could talk about Encanto. Yeah, no, best no, animated no. feature. <laughs> no, no, we don't talk about Encanto. No, best animated feature. I mean, that wasn't really a surprise. I mean, it, it was obviously going to be, and I've I've waxed lyrical before about how great I think Encanto is. It didn't win best song with we don't talk about Bruno, but I, I'm I'm happy for the Bond theme tune to to get that. I certainly prefer listening to that. Not that I dislike listening to Encanto. I hear it pretty much every day at school. Encanto is an absolutely fantastic film. I enjoyed it so much. And you can't, I mean, as, as much as obviously it's Lin-Manuel Miranda's baby, you can't talk about that success of that film 
without talking about Stephanie Beatrice. The film revolves around her performance and she's fantastic in it. And long may she work and do interesting stuff because it still blows my mind every time I see her act and she's nothing like Rosa Diaz. I'm following Instagram and I'm constantly like, wow, that Rosa Diaz performance was so good. You're absolutely nothing like her. Brilliant. So best international film was one by Drive My Car. Did either of you manage to see that? No. No. I do recommend it. I think it's a, it's it's a worth it's worthwhile watching. There's some really really lovely stuff in Drive My Car. I didn't see any of the other international feature film nominees, but Drive My Car was nominated for best film, which is why I watched it and and I did really enjoy it. Very much into my Korean Japanese TV th- film stuff at the moment, and this was a, another really great example of it. To me, it's it's just all about timing. I'm about to. It's the Easter holidays. I'm about to go to Spain for 10 days and I am intending on watching all the films that I didn't manage to catch and Drive My Car is definitely one of them. What was your top top two, Neil, from the films that you watched? I would say my top two was... Well, definitely Coda was one of them. I'm not going to put them into order. So, yeah, I would definitely say Coda... Ah, I guess on a kind of personal level, I would put Belfast as my other of the top two, just because there was so much there, uh, you know, with uh, working in the theatre industry and with Branner and, yeah, I think, put on the spot, I would go Coda and Belfast. Branagh directed me in Jack Bryan's Shadow Recruit, the film that I'd absolutely have loved if I had the opportunity to be directed in a stage play by him. I think those are both brilliant shouts. I would I, I would give a little shout out to a couple of films we haven't talked about tonight, which were Licorice Pizza and Nightmare Alley. I think those are really, really good films if you're looking for a recommendation. I only briefly mentioned King Richard so far, but that's another great film. Well, also, kind of how this started and how I started watching as many Oscar films and in most years, all Oscar films. Watch a film that's been nominated for an Oscar. I mean, there's a reason why it's been nominated. And I'm, I'm, I'm seriously not, not, not trying to kind of push Oscars or the Academy. But there's a reason why they've been nominated. And the number of films I've watched just because they've been nominated and it's really improved my well maybe not improved my life but improve you know it's really enriched my life so i i can't recommend enough if something has been nominated if it's got that far watch it worst thing that can happen is you've spent I'm thinking about La La Land, but the worst thing that can happen is that, you know, you've wasted two hours of your life. But the likelihood is you watch film that potentially can really enrich your life. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think it's it's a stamp of quality, isn't it, generally? I can't be 100% relied upon, as was proven by Mank last year. But I think everything that was nominated this year was really, really worth watching. I'm really glad I did it. There's some brilliant films out there being oscar nominated is definitely one way of of knowing whether something's going to be good or not certainly and just talking about as you were a moment ago adam about films that we haven't talked about that are worth a watch once again i will posit 
Hand of God on Netflix, which was up for best foreign film, which I thought was brilliant. And I was sad not to see it win, but wasn't surprised that Drive My Car took it, given that it was also in contention for best film. The only other moment that I'd like to bring up was Liza Minnelli and Lady Gaga at the Gaga at the end with the Best Picture nomination. The moment where the microphones captured, obviously, Liza Minnelli wasn't in, let's say, the best state, but she was clearly very excited about being there and really passionate about the whole ceremony. But to hear Lady Gaga go, don't worry, I've got you. And then Liza Minnelli saying, I know, thank you. I just found that really beautiful. And it just shows how names or celebrities or icons, however you want to look at them, they they do really care for each other. So I thought that actually finished, or maybe not finished, but that, that certainly contributed towards the conclusion of the ceremony in such a beautiful way. I absolutely loved it. I think anyone who's at the the top of their game, at the top of their industry, and I'm, you know, I'm talking from experience here, will feel like a huge amount of pressure over an extended period of time. And now I'm getting to a certain age, you know, it does become much harder to manage and to cope with. So totally, I can, I, can, I really appreciate that sentiment, Neil. Don't worry, Adam. I, I I've got you. I think it's also time that we share with the listeners one of the hashtags that's trending. At the moment, which is hashtag Ask Adam as the oracle, not of Delphi, but of of the Isle of Dogs. Just remember, everyone, uh, when you do tweet us, as I know you will, add the hashtag Ask Adam. Thanks, Damien. And Neil, if Damien hadn't jumped in so quickly, I would have said, I know you do. And and that's why I'm going to ask you to let our listeners know how they can get in touch with us to tell us what they thought of the Oscar awards and the winners. Well, it's really simple, listeners. You just need to put TV DNA in your Google search or actually probably any other search provider. And suddenly in Google, we are the first name that will come up. Just stick that in and you'll find out exactly how to get in touch with us. Amazing. Um, what a brilliant journey this has been once again. So thanks, Neil, for the original idea. Thanks both for all the chat. Thanks to the Academy. I want to thank my mum and dad, and my producer, my sponsors. Most importantly, I want to thank you listeners for sticking with us and hearing us out. This is TV DNA saying goodnight. Just before the music comes on, Adam, to, to tell you your speech is long enough. <laughs> <laughs> Check out our Piggy Blinders and Walking Dead episodes. Bye! Buenas noches. Bye, dear listeners. <laughs>